This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Jackie Franchilli for Wahoo's 24-7. And as you can see, I am joined by Daily Progress is Greg Medea. Greg, thank you so much for joining us this week. Yeah, happy to do it, Jackie. Football football is well underway now. Yeah, I, and you know, last time we spoke on the show, it was the end of spring, and we were just we still had so many questions. Granted, we still have those questions now at fall camp. But we know we're going to have answers soon, less than a month of that first game. So it's it's a different feeling. Um, and, you know, one of the biggest questions, actually, and we're just going to dive right in, is this running back room. And I think everyone um, expected Mike Hollins to kind of grab this position and make it him be the feature back, especially with Ronnie Walker, uh, you know, having his injury after the spring. And Tony Elliott and his staff said, uh-uh hold on a second, you have to earn that number one position. And by watching what's going on at fall camp, and Tony Elliott kind of confirmed this post-practice on Monday, Mike Collins doesn't have that job as secure as he thought he, he did. Yeah, no, it's been something really, really fascinating early on because it seems like the coaching staff would love for him to step up, practice really hard, and earn that job because it, it kind of is, or at least going in, felt like it was his job to lose. I think what's fascinating is not, not just Elliott, but a couple of different coaches have, have said it already this preseason. Keith Gaither, the running backs coach during the, the media luncheon we had uh, before training camp, had said, you know, Hollins has all the talent in the world, could be a dynamic feature type back, has all the skills, has all the natural ability, but they've got to get him going work ethic wise. And and I think Des Kitching said something similar too the other day that it's a, it's a straight up competition that Mike has talent and that they're challenging him, uh, but it's not happening yet. And then Elliot said the same thing on Monday. So I, I thought, you know, when you're here at a couple different times, there's got to be some truth to it. Uh, and then as much talent as Hollins has, the coaching staff wants to see him step up until then. Uh, it sounds like Parrish Jones 
the the older, experienced senior is is going to get uh, the first team reps and and is in a position to maybe earn some carries, you know, early in the season. So uh, I think when you factor in him and then Cody Brown, a transfer from Miami, uh, what you've heard about him is he's very physical in the first few days and pads for him has been good because he can show uh, some of that physical running style. Uh, I think you've got a couple of different backs there. Uh, they love, love Hollins to step up though. Yeah, you know, um, and if you're watching on YouTube, I'm having a couple of clips of the running backs. Um, finally, I had the tight ends there for a bit, but we finally got the running backs going. And, you know, it's it's funny is every single time I've gone to the running backs, uh, I've gone to a point where Coach Gaither is really trying to coach up Hollins. And I actually just saw the clip right now. It was a part of the practice where uh, they were throwing to the running backs and Hollins made a one-handed catch and Coach Gaither said, God gave you two hands, use them. Um, and, you know, Coach Gaither has been really harping on Hollins to be consistent and trying to be a better running back. Um, and it's it really is about every single detail. You know, when we've seen them coach up in footwork drills, one thing that Coach Gaither has been doing with, with Hollins has been working on his ball security, but making sure the ball's not too far away from his body. Um, obviously, if you've seen his career, he's had some issues with ball security and because he hands it like that. So you're seeing these minute details. And then you look at Paris Jones. That's been someone that I've noted on our notebook saying that this isn't the same Paris Jones that we've seen before here at UVA. He seems like a guy who's made a conscious effort to get better. And the things that they want Mike Collins to show is what Paris Jones have been showing on the field during practices. So um, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see, um, Paris Jones, uh, really kind of take that position, um, a little bit here. So, and then when you talk about Cody Brown, you know, everyone talked about him being university of Miami. He's a good player, but he's still working on his body. Greg, he doesn't look quite conditioned right now. It doesn't look like he can stay with that pace of practice. Is that a good assessment of what you've seen as well? Correct. And he has to learn the playbook. I, I think coming in in the summer, you're, you're a little bit behind the eight ball of, of guys who had the opportunity to learn it during the spring and then continue learning it in the summer with, with Hollins and Parrish Jones. Uh, but I think uh, they, they like his physical downhill ability, right? If you, if you need a yard uh, and you can understand the play that'll get you a yard, maybe Cody Brown is the guy in that situation. Because when you look at him, he looks a little bit bigger than the other running backs, I, I think. And I think I think that's something the team needs, right? If you're going to make this commitment to be more balanced on offense, at some point you need a physical presence to be able to turn and get a yard or two uh, in a key situation, in a third and one uh, on the opponent's side of the field when, when you need to score a touchdown, right? Those are the kind of situations that, that maybe Cody Brown can find a role in uh, until he really learns that playbook and gets that playbook down. But I think you're a little bit, uh, you're definitely correct when it comes to uh, the, the physical aspect, has to learn how to practice at the pace in which Tony Elliott and his staff want the players to practice at. And honestly, too, what, what I am interested to seeing is uh, how much Xavier Brown would factor in here as well. I'm trying to grab video here of Xavier Brown during the first day of practice. You know, there obviously there's some learning curves when you're when you're a freshman. Um, but you know, seeing him out there too, he's such a speedy guy. Um, he doesn't have the bend as the other running backs there, but I mean, you can you can already kind of see here he is right now, kind of adjusting to the pace of practice. 
you could just see the speed that he has just by going through these drills and just by seeing him a little bit when they do some open field drills. I, I'm really excited about to see his development, Greg. Yeah, and I think you don't want to rush him, right, because you do have some players with experience at least already on the roster. But, but Tony Elliott's made one thing clear, that the best players are, are going to play uh, regardless of age, so you can't rule them out. I, I think what's interesting is, and, and you saw him kind of catch a pass there in your video clip, is he's got good hands, right? He, he did a little bit of that in high school. And and I think, uh, you know, if, if, this, if the offense didn't have so many receiving targets uh, to, to get the ball out to in the slot or out wide, maybe he could be an option to, to throw the ball to out of the backfield. Maybe you don't need that as much, though, uh, this year with all the receiving weapons that you have on offense. I was going to say, they don't have any questions on the wide receivers. I guess who's going to get the ball the most is your biggest question. Right. But that's a good question to have. Um, and actually, there was a question that we had coming into fall, which is about their D-line depth and how they were going to look with these new additions. And I don't think there's a question there anymore. I think, honestly, that's already been answered in my mind because I like that depth in that position, Greg. What do you think? Yeah, the depth, the size, the, the speed, I, I think it's there. I think Cam Butler, immediate impact type of player, big impact type of player, coming off the edge. Tony Elliott said Monday that, that he's already worked his way up to the first group. And I don't think that's a surprise, right? When you bring a guy in for a year, you're, you're not going to sit him on the bench, right? You brought him into play. And as long as he holds up his end of the bargain, you, you, you're going to see that on, on Saturdays. Uh, he's a player that can get to the passer. Uh, he's, he's already done it, proven he can do it at the college level at Miami of Ohio. Uh, so he's just got to adjust. He said a little bit bigger offensive lineman, uh, it, what he's noticed in practice so far in the ACC at UVA, as opposed to the players he played against in the MAC, uh, I think Jack Campers is another player uh, that you know you didn't see too much in the spring because he was kind of he was kind of out on and off the field a little bit, was around but but not, didn't practice fully throughout the spring. Now you're seeing him a little bit more. It sounds like Aaron Famui has has answered uh, a couple of questions Tony Elliott had when Tony Elliott challenged him in the off season. Uh, to, to kind of step up and be a leader. Uh, then you talk about some some other guys in the mix that uh, that have, have kind of risen up the depth chart throughout the offseason. Sounds like Ben Smiley certainly uh, is one of them. Uh, so to me, all of a sudden they're deeper, they're a little bigger, uh, they're more veteran on that defensive line. And I think with, with the bodies they have, they probably can rotate in a couple of groups. Uh, and, and that group, is I think, is going to be pretty good. Yeah, and you're actually going to see video now of Cam Butler here if you're on YouTube watching. And these this video is compilation of defensive linemen, obviously defensive end there, Cam Butler and Chico Bennett, and also some linebackers also working out from um, which the practice on Monday. And yeah, I, I agree with you. And also when you look at them, they just have the depth and the ability to quality depth to rotate in these positions. You know, we watched um, last Friday, we're able to get kind of a good idea of what their kind of rotation would look like. And when you see with the ones, you had Mike Green, Jamil Carter, Ben Smiley, and Butler. And you're, you're obviously considering that Famui is going to be also in the one, so he's going to rotate in there. That's a really good group, considering that when you look at the second group, you still have, you know, Devontae Davis, who's just a big man. That is a big boy. Yeah. Um, you have Devontae Davis, and you have Paula Keir, who's also – I was really shocked at how quickly they've been able to put on weight for him. Um, that was something that I was curious about. Um, how say, quickly they were able, but he looks like he's put on significant amount of weight already. Yeah. I was going to say, I talked to, I know you talked to John Paul Flores too yesterday, but in talking to 
uh, Flores, he had mentioned that that he played against Paul in the Ivy League, right? Dartmouth and then Columbia, those two guys went head to head. And he, he goes, you know, you just look at the depth of the defensive line. And I went against Paul. He was an all Ivy League player. And here, you know, you're going up against him in practice. He's still so very good. But then when you take that and you put it in the context of he's with the second group, you know, that that is that is impressive depth that that this team, you know, didn't have last year. No, no. And that, and if you look at this, um, these guys don't only have impressive depth at the D line. You have to look at that linebacker crew, too. And it's something that Tony Elliott mentioned on Monday. Um, yes, everyone talks about Nick Jackson, but he's lining up opposite of Josh Ahern. And then right behind them, you have Hunter Stewart and James Jackson, who has a, a little injury right now, according to Elliott. But you've got those two. And then you have some good quality guys behind them, um, like John McCarron. You've got you've got um, Deshaun Perry, who's now moved to his more natural position, something that we talked about in the spring that we'd like to see him do that. So it was nice to see that happen for Deshaun Perry. So you have all these depth positions, deep positions on the defensive side. So, and I know a lot of people are asking about the defensive backs in that group, but I think a lot of the problems last year, if you look back at the tape has been the breakdown in front of them. So it was a breakdown and with the linebackers, the defensive line wasn't getting enough pressure so you would think with, with the depth that UVA has this season and moving those guys into those better positions and seeing guys like Camp Butler um, and how quick he is for his size and having those big bodies up in front as well to create pressure, ideally that means the secondary will have a little bit of a break and not having to deal with the breakdowns up front. So now you're leaving the secondaries to do their plays without the thinking of the breakdowns in the front. So I do like where that is headed. So, um, but we are not done here. Uh, we're just going to take a quick little break because we talked about the trenches on the defensive side of the ball, but obviously the big thing, and you were seeing the O-line work here on YouTube, here in the video, the questions still abound for the O-line. So when we get back, Greg and I will talk about the O-line and what we've seen so far. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. We're talking fall camp football. I'm Jack French for Wahoo's 24-7. He's Greg Medea from Daily Progress. And we talked a lot about running backs and the defensive line and linebackers because those are three positions that uh, piqued our interest the first few days of fall camp. But obviously, O-line is one of the biggest questions coming into this season because no matter how many skilled players you have on offense, if you don't have an O-line, things can get dicey, Greg. Um, oh, no, no <laughs> just a little dicey, but I will say, 
I know we still have questions about the O-line. There were some sicknesses that had Jonathan Leith and Logan Taylor out, so we couldn't see them uh, practice uh, for one of those open sessions that we had. But at the same time, it was very nice seeing more than eight bodies there practicing on the O-line so you can actually see what type of development they have. Yeah, and I, I think that's something Elliot and, and Des Kitchings have, have both spoken about is at least it makes it a little easier to practice. And, and when they do you know, have all their offensive line healthy, they, they can roll through a couple of groups uh, as, as opposed to uh, one and then throwing some other throwing some bodies from that first group into the second group uh, like they had to do at times throughout the spring. And I think the, the one the one player that, that stands out to me early is, is, is John Paul Flores, right, in terms of what he brings. They've played him at four different positions, he said, and they're trying to evaluate probably the best spot to fit him at and determine whether or not he's going to be a starter or he's going to be that, that first guy off the bench, right, the sixth offensive lineman. Uh, it sounds like he can play either guard spot, center, or even right tackle. He played left tackle at Dartmouth. So it's an interesting piece they've added, a veteran, another uh, leader to go along with Derek Devine, right? You need older, experienced offensive linemen to, to lead a younger group, to answer questions, to you know point out defenses. And at least Flores has that experience from seeing defenses in the Ivy League and, and being a very good player at that level. So I think to me, Flores is 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 one of the key key players, key personnel pieces for this team uh, in this training camp as UVA figures out exactly how that offensive front is going to look because that that's what that's what this camp is all about, right? Finding the five and figuring out how it all fits together. This camp, yeah, no, for sure. And then you're watching video of the O line working, and uh, you're actually seeing uh, uh, John Paul Flores will, will pop up here in, in a little bit. Here, uh, actually, I believe this is this yeah, is him true. right here, seventy six. So yeah, he's been you know that's something that you know Coach Two J did say that he liked JP and how he's handling himself. He always asks about the playbook, what he needs to learn, what he needs to do. And he did mention that he will probably be that swing guy where he can kind of fit in wherever he is needed. Um, and it's good for UVA to have that guy because, man, if they have one injury, you don't want to have a guy that's going to be playing out of position or not a position they're familiar with. So that's why they're cross-training him so effectively. And you you mentioned him, but I also want to point out Jonathan Leach. Yeah. He continues that you know development. Every single time we talk to the coaching staff, he continues to be the one they talk about. And he was wearing the green jersey because he's still recovering from his illness. Um, but he's still pretty impressive. And so is Logan Taylor. I think those two have done a good job developmental-wise in the offseason with their bodies. They, you know, talking to different people, they said they really focused on that during their offseason. Um, it'll be curious to see, you know, that you know, 2J said there were two guys definitely that have earned, I, I don't want to say earned their starting pot because 2J would probably hate me for saying that, but they was at least more comfortable. Um, and I would imagine is Jonathan Leach and Derek Devine are your two and possibly Logan Taylor is your third. Um, so, and he said he wanted to look for eight, nine and 10 this, this fall camp. And I can see them already kind of figuring some stuff out of where, which some of these players, um, can possibly step in those roles right now. If I had to pick, I would, I would assume Noah Josie would definitely yeah. feature pretty predominantly. I'm curious to see who would be in the center position. Obviously, we've seen Ty, Ty Furnish, yeah. Ty Furnish get the ones at some point. But we also see Justice Johnson. But you can also argue John Paul Flores can kind of go at center. So that's going to be a good, interesting battle to continue to follow. But you know who I've been really impressed, Greg? Noah Demerit. 
he's hmm. a first year O lineman. If you've seen him, obviously he's a he's a big dude. Um, <laughs> you can't you can't miss him when you're watching the videos. And if you see the biggest biggest guy in the O line, that is him on my videos. And I could see him. You know, you never really want to, I guess, play first year lineman. You you really want to help him develop. But I could see him sneaking in and being one of those eight, nine, ten guys. I could see him coming in and possibly towards the last part of the season, um, maybe getting a rep here or there. Um, I don't know. I I, th- I was really impressed with what I saw with him and what I think he's one of those developmental players that might see the field a little earlier than some of the other first years. So that is definitely one name that I think UVA fans should focus on the line. But as of where the line is right now, I think we unfortunately have not been able to see them in team settings. So we've only really seen them individually and what they can do. But it seems body-wise, they seem better. Their conditioning seems much better than in the spring. And it's just about working on that communication, right? Yeah, and, I, and to your point about freshmen, first-year players within this offensive line, there's got to be at least one or two that dress week after week, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, based right. on your numbers, if you got to get through a game and you need a, a set, like you say, in a seventh or eighth offensive lineman, you got to think at least one or two freshmen are going to be in the mix just from a numbers standpoint, right? They're they're, they're recruiting class, and you know better than anybody, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. had, a, had a good number of offensive linemen. Uh, they, there's a reason why they had to get that many offensive linemen. So to, to me – you're probably going to have to dress at least one or two of them uh, week after week. No, that that's definitely for sure. And I think uh, I think when they were recruiting guys during that January period, they they realized that they might have might have had to get one of these first year guys to be ready on the field a lot sooner than they would have wanted to, due to their depth concerns. So yeah, I I, I think Noah Demerit will be your your first first year I think off the bench. Although I, Dawson Alters has been getting some uh, good reviews by Coach TJ as well when they're practicing. I just think he needs to add a little bit more weight uh, before really uh, being ready for for college ball. Um, and kind of and we want to end this here, Greg, with some questions from our message board too. Uh, one of the talking points I know we mentioned earlier how we think the secondary will be better with just a adjustment to the scheme and having those guys up front, having less breakdowns. Um, but the question is about the guys in the secondary, if any of the young guys kind of been standing out, because we, I think every time we talk about the secondary, we kind of talk about the veterans always Antonio, <laughs> Anthony Johnson, Darius Bratton, who I can't believe is still at UVA, but he's Darius still there and he was actually leading the jumping jacks on during Monday practice. And then Cohen King, those are the guys that we're familiar with. Um, I think in my, per, in my experience, I think Langston long is yeah. the one that I think everyone uh, will probably point to as one that can fit this particular defense a lot because of the way he's, he's tall and is athletic. I think can fit into that role that coach Rod really likes. Um, but maybe even Elijah Gaines, uh, what's your opinion? Yeah, I think it's, it, it, it's an older group, right? At least your, your starters, like that's, those are your headline names, Anthony Johnson, uh, you know, Antonio Clare. You just, you, you know, those names because they've been on the field for so long. And I think because of that, some of those younger guys get, get lost in the shuffle, but I think Langston Long is going to have to play. I, I, I don't know what, what your opinion is because, you know, outside of those, those older guys that, you know, the names of Cohen King included, like you still need another defensive back in this defense. And I think Langston Long is probably the guy. Uh, just because of, like you're saying, his size, his speed, 
uh, and how he fits within the defense. It, it'll be interesting to see how often they use that, that fifth defensive back, right? Cause they're going to go, you know, four up front, two at the two in the middle at linebacker, and then probably five in the secondary. So I, they're going to need that fifth guy and it's probably going to be Langston long. Yeah. I, I think actually I joked with, coach Sintum that did he ever consider any of his linebackers athletic enough to go back in coverage and he, he kind of joke is like with our wide receiving room in practice I don't think so <laughs> um but that, that could be something you know um that it would you know they 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 were happy with their db depth when they saw it at the spring evaluation period that's why they didn't really attack the transfer portal so obviously they're they're content with what they have so they they you know the staff are confident that they could have five DBs that they got in rotation and just about keeping them healthy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see some of these younger guys that maybe we, we, we haven't been able to see as much, um, you know, to be brutally honest, the first couple of practices I've been focusing on the trenches so much because that's <laughs> been the biggest question. So my second half of fall camp will be focused on the DB unit. Um, and just for fun for the wide receivers, but we know who the wide receivers are. Um, but yeah, it will be definitely uh, an interesting. It will be an interesting storyline to follow through the season, of which some of those young guys kind of figure into that rotation. And then the other question that one of our posters asked Salem, who's asked about if because we've had NFL scouts at practice, um, are they there to watch Brennan? And what's you know what do we think about his draft stock this year? Because it's been kind of all over the place a little bit. And honestly, I those scouts have been kind of moving around. Um, yeah. I saw them. I've saw them with obviously watching Brennan. I've saw them watching wide receivers, but I saw a couple of them going to the D lineman and watching them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Butler. So there's a lot of different guy prospects. Yeah. I think that's the other player they're watching because they're probably interested to see how he's doing against a little bit bigger offensive linemen, mm -hmm. a little bit faster offensive linemen uh, at Virginia and how that transition's going. But uh, they're definitely there to see and evaluate Brent's practice habits and, probably how he's adapting to to the new offense at, at Virginia, which, you know, is probably probably a little bit more closer to, to pro style than the air raid is uh, that Robert and I and Jason Beck uh, and those guys uh, installed at Virginia and used. So uh, to me, they're, they're probably there to see those two and then, then the receivers, like you're saying. Nick Jackson yeah. maybe, right? Yeah, Nick Jackson maybe as well. I mean, he does lead the ACC in tackles, although he didn't make the first team all ACC, which is still mind-blowing to me. But right. Uh, um, but yeah, so and uh, well, honestly, Dontavian Wake's gonna make many uh preseason ACC teams, which also blows my mind. Um, I, I will say the wide receiver room is uh quietly one of the best in the country. I feel like every time I list look at a list, I'm like, why isn't Lavelle Davis there? Why isn't Dontavious Wick? So be uh, but yes, I agree with you. I think the NFL scouts, um, were looking at you know, obviously, Brennan's the headliner that everyone talks to, but there's a, a couple guys there like Nick Jackson and, and Cam Butler. I'm um, obviously the wide receivers, but they spent uh, quite a bit of time watching Brennan with the running backs. That was one of the drills that I saw a couple of these scouts eyeing. And I think with Brennan, as far as his draft stock, is showing how he handles this offense during game day. Uh, because this, like he even said that this is a lot of the offense, like it's more and more like the NFL, but the lingo is also more like the NFL. So it's something for him to adjust. Um, and a lot of people are gonna be wondering if last season was a fluke because he threw so much. So what happens when he doesn't have to throw as much? Will his stats still show that how I'll be able to handle it? So I think this, this could potentially raise the stock, especially for the first half of the season, if they, if they start off the season well. So 
Well, Greg, thank you so much for joining us and breaking down the first couple of practices for fall. I'm sure we'll uh, have you back here before the season. Sounds good, Jackie. Happy to do it. And thank you so much for Greg for joining us again on the podcast. We welcome his perspective on what he has seen. Obviously, a lot of things are going on, so it's nice to have another pair of eyes there to discuss what is the biggest topics that we've heard, biggest things that we've seen. So uh, thanks again to him. And obviously, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also go ahead and review and rate us on Apple and on Spotify. We will be back here very soon. Next Tuesday, we'll have a new episode. Again, just like I mentioned in our last podcast, our schedule is going to adjust a little bit as the season nears because we're going to add two. We're going to add two more podcasts a week. So minimum, there'll be three podcasts a week with a possibility of four or even five in a week. Kind of depends on how the schedule aligns and what other sports are going on at the same time. So we are moving forward to minimum of three podcast episodes a week. So just keep an eye on and how we will dish out those schedules. So once again, for Greg Medea, I'm Jackie Franchuli, and I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.